Amen. Amen. If you can hear me, kindly, if you can hear me, kindly give me a hello or something so that I know you can hear me. I hope my music is not loud because um, I'm listening to something. I hope it's not too loud. Okay, that's great. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, let's let's pray the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Palimbre in Ankudes. Zeba Dobo Sendreginaskis. Beverongi Venema Pagas. Ika Dogo Bisalaga. Just lift your voice. Just thank Jesus. Just say thank you, Jesus. Barogodas Pinagaba. Thank you, sweet spirit. Balodobo Shataski. Atagabo, celebrate the Bapati, Sabragadokos, Rayikagira, Sudokrivida Kabas, Kibigabedias. Thank you, Jesus, Barote Gabergabelos, Bikabaga Bigriki Balakos, Kibiagabidabas, Sebebi Bidi, the Mepegerosias, Pedredi Kogomanshi, Vedogomantiki. Thank you, sweet spirit, Magonta. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. Pilogomo Sibelis. Tegabro Sibergabantus. 
Father Lord, we are grateful for today. We are grateful for this opportunity to be with you, to learn of you, to be imparted. We thank you that even as wisdom is crying out in the streets, we are not as they who will neglect wisdom, who will not receive, even as wisdom seeks to pour into us of his spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Wow. We, we, we thank Jesus for this opportunity. I'm excited. Tomorrow is convocation of God. I believe God has a lot of great things in store. Uh, wow. There's so much to learn. There's so much to know. And the Bible is the Bible is too deep. The Bible is too deep. And every day I'm seeing things and I'm like, wow, wow, wow. This God, this God is this God is great. Anyway. I don't know how many of you have been checking the verses that we put out daily. A lot of you don't you don't go and read on it, you don't meditate on it, you just Post it and that is it. Most of you don't even know what we posted today. Most of you don't know. Yesterday we posted something and there was a mistake in it. It is only about five people who realized that there was a mistake somewhere. And I mean, last two days. There was a mistake in the uh, scriptural reference, but we didn't check it, so we didn't know. It is a bad attitude. Change it, okay? But, uh, Today's verse was from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. It says that above all, taking the shield of faith, wear it, ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It's, it's, it's an interesting verse, very interesting verse. It is not something to be trivialized at all. Now, uh, um, we are in the month of fortification okay and you see we are always posting things that are supposed to be uh towards our fortification as believers uh, the verses are always skewed to things towards our fortification as believers and we know one thing about fortification that um, the baseline of fortification is that you remain where god is you remain where god has put you as an individual you understand now when you read the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 6, and then we come to this verse that I, I was talking about, okay, chapter 6, verse 16, you see something interesting. He says that, above all, taking the shield of faith, okay, now, uh, the whole verse from verse 13 to 17, he describes an armor, okay, which he calls the armor of God, the armor of God. And it is as an armor that uh, a human or back in those days, how someone who 
um, so how, how someone is going to dress. They are regalia for war. Okay. So he talks about a lot of things and he speaks specifically about this shield of faith. Uh, sorry, about this helmet of salvation. Okay. About this helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay. So with the shield of faith, we see something. It says that this field of um, of this shield of faith is going to help you quench all fiery darts of the wicked. Okay. We will expound on that probably tomorrow, but I want us to look at something um short. It's not about the shield of faith as we're given this um today. Okay. Now the verse 17 says and take the helmet of salvation. He didn't explain what the helmet of salvation does as he did with the issue of um the faith and as he did with the sword of the spirit. He said the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So what is this helmet of salvation? What is this helmet of salvation? And if you are a Berean, uh, a Berean student, and if you are as Timothy who had been admonished to study, to show himself approved, if you are someone who is studious and who is not taking lightly what you've been taught here about how to study, you would have gone to search deeper. What is this about? Okay. Now, we come to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8 to 9, and we see something interesting. It says that, but let us... Listen carefully, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. You understand? So that when he said take the helmet of salvation, he's talking about the helmet, which is the hope of salvation. And he continues verse 9. It says, For God had not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our lord jesus christ so when he's talking about this helmet of salvation he's talking about our hope of salvation what is this hope of salvation haven't we already been saved so what is this hope we are looking at again what is this hope we are looking at again we we already know we've been saved so what is this hope of salvation we are looking at again so when we do with the helmet we are first looking at the salvation that we already have and we are looking at a hope, okay? From the first time, we said helmet of salvation. We said helmet of salvation, and in first Thessalonians, we are saying the hope of salvation, okay? And it brings my mind to something. Uh, you might have seen this scripture a lot of times. I've quoted it a lot of times. Anytime we talk about our hope of salvation, we can't leave this scripture out. First John chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. It says that, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He is. And every man that had this hope purified himself as he is pure. Okay. So when we are talking about the salvation that is to come, or the hope of our salvation, the salvation we are hoping for. Okay. We are looking at the fact that one day Jesus is going to appear, and when he appears, we will be like him. And the focus is not just about we being like him. Uh, the, 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 the focus is not just his appearance, sorry, but the fact that we will be like him because our mortal bodies will be changed, our vowel bodies will be changed. 
immortality will swallow up mortality. Do you understand? So that is why Philippians chapter one will tell us that we uh, being confident of this very thing, that the one who had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. So there is supposed to be a performance that is going to reach its peak. Okay, that is going to reach its peak on the day of Christ. And we know the day of Christ is the day that Christ appears. He says, when he shall appear, when he shall appear, we shall be as he is. Why? Because we shall see him as he is. We shall see him as he is. And everyone that hope has this hope of salvation purified himself. So we talk about the helmet of salvation. One thing we need to carefully consider is the issue of purification. There is a need for us to be in such a posture that we will allow ourselves, will allow ourselves to be purified by the word of God and by the spirit of God. And in our actions and inactions, we must walk in that purity of God, even as we are pure. I told you the reason why I say even as we are pure is because Christ has worked a certain sanctification in us by virtue of the work on the cross. So he says, we purify ourselves even as we are pure. Even as we are pure. So God wants us to have an expectancy of the salvation which is to come. He wants us to have an expectancy of the salvation which is to come. And we having this expectancy is going to cause us to assume the posture that it's needed for us to triumph in this life. That is supposed to help us triumph in this life, as in to put us in such a position that we will be ready for Christ and without blame. We will be without blame. Our heads will not be struck. When we talk about Spotify, we are looking at assuming certain postures that will make it says if your strength fails you or if you faint in the day of adversity the strength is small so when we talk about fortification we are looking at building up we are talking about guarding ourselves we are talking about safeguarding ourselves and we are safeguarding ourselves not only from the enemy but from being blamed in the day of the lord we do we want to be presented perfect and blameless in the day of the lord and one key factor is that we should look to the salvation that is coming. We should have an expectancy of the salvation which is to come at the appearance of Jesus Christ. If you are someone who lives with this mind, Jesus is coming tomorrow. Or Jesus can come anytime from now. Or Jesus is coming the next day. You will not do what you are doing. You, you will fornicate if you know Jesus will come in the next hour. You will fornicate if you know that Jesus is coming in the next week. You will not steal if you know Jesus is coming in that time. You will not decide to live without love if you know that Jesus is... The very moment you know Jesus is coming at this time, oh, the way you live, it, it will change. It will change, especially if it is very near. It will change. So what the Bible is admonishing is, is what we can... And what is um, fashioned in... Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. Write it down. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 5. It says that, and the Lord directs your hearts into the love of God and into the patience waiting for Christ. So we are supposed to be patiently waiting, not just waiting, patiently waiting, but 
there is an emphasis we should be waited we should be expectant we should be yearning for him to come you understand not that you are going to force him to come so that you be raptured and be saved from calamity or something but we should look forward to his coming why because when we shall see him when he shall appear okay and we see him we will be like him when he appears we'll be like him why because we will see him every man having this hope purifies himself you should know that one of the best fortifications you could have is your consecration and consecration involves purity any man who is consecrated unto god will live a pure life you understand every man who is consecrated unto god will live a pure life every man and that is one of the greatest forms of fortification that is one of the greatest forms of fortification consecrate yourself unto the things of god do you know why the when when aaron and miriam uh rebelled against moses and god decided to teach them a lesson aaron didn't have his punishment straight away he he he, he was spared why he he was in the effort it it was a consecration it was a consecration and there are lots of times that's why david will say something like touch not by anointed the people who are consecrated unto god you know anointed when when someone is anointed he is consecrated unto god by virtue of that consecration god has placed a stamp on that person that hey you cannot touch this person why this person belongs to me this person has been sold to me this person is in my covering you understand so god wants us to live in the expectancy of the salvation which is to come so he says what put on this helmet of salvation put on this helmet of salvation put on this helmet of salvation i think maybe you want me since we posted about faith the shield of faith today i i think i should brush on it so when we look at the shield of faith one thing we should consider is that we have trust and total reliance on god okay we have to have trust and total reliance on god trust and total reliance on god if you are going to uh be shielded from the fiery darts of the of, of the wicked from all the attacks of the enemy from all the arrows and whatever that the enemy is going to throw at us the difficulties it says that the bible says that that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you okay and it will only take faith for a person's mind to be stayed on god when you don't trust in god your mind cannot be stayed on him and you cannot have that perfect peace so the shield of faith deals with a total reliance of god a trust and total reliance of god okay you must be fully convinced about god and his person you must be fully convinced about what god says who god says he is what god says he can do you must be fully convinced about it and that will become a shield that is why when when you go through difficult situations and all that and you are fortified by faith you know that even in all the situations all things work together to the good of them that love the lord do you understand we must recognize god as our refuge and our ultimate protection 
it, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. If I have that faith in God, if I have that faith in God, that trust in God, I know that God has good intentions towards us. God has good intentions towards me. So it doesn't matter where life will hit me, where life will hit me. I don't care. A man of God said something, and I love it so much. He said that I've learned to kiss the wave that threw me up against the rock of ages. The waves are certainly going to hit you hard, certainly going to throw you hard onto the rocks, and it's going to be painful. But since this wave will throw me up against the rock of ages, I've learned to kiss those waves. I've learned to embrace those waves. I've learned to be happy about those waves. So in whatever situation, we are strong and stable. Why? Our mind is stayed on God by faith. So Isaiah chapter 31 will tell you that woe to them who go post Isaiah chapter 31 verse 1 now. Post it on the page. He says that woe to them that go down to Egypt. Okay. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots. So a lot of times we end up trying to subscribe to our own um, our our own strength our own efforts our own strategies and all that and and this is what the bible is saying it says that woe woe to them when the bible uses that word woe it is a very strong word it's like you are in trouble you are cursed something like that okay so woe to them who go to egypt for help and you should know egypt is a typology of the world and everything that consists of the world the self we are looking at where you rely on self where you rely on other people okay and you you go to egypt for help and you stay on their horses you stay on their chariots because they are many and in horse and and, and, and the horses because and the horsemen because they are very strong but they don't look up to the holy one of israel neither seek the lord god is expecting that you look up to him that is where your reliance must be in the time of trouble in a time of happiness, in a time of whatever it is, that is where your reliance must be. Do you understand? So, um, talking about the shield of faith, we see in Psalm 115, it says that, Oh, Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Look at the, the, the relation. It says, trust thou in the Lord. Why? He is your help and your shield. Trust. He is your shield. That means faith shield that is where we find our shield of faith you understand trust in the lord he is your shield it is when you trust in the lord that you can have access to that shield that is how the shield of faith works when we trust in the lord okay when we trust in the lord it says oh house of Aaron, trust in the lord he is their help and their shield ye that fear the lord trust in the lord he is their help and their shield God wants you to not rely on even yourself. Not your intellect, not your anything. Because once you subscribe to that, you don't have a shield. Once you subscribe to self or subscribe to anything apart from the uh, trusting in the Lord, you don't have a shield. And no matter how life may seem to be ongoing or going well, or no matter how you may think you are fortified or secure, what he is telling you here is that you are not safe. You are liable to the fearing that, that the enemy is going to shoot at you. Says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, what? 
shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My Lord, in Him will I trust. Why? He is my refuge and my fortress. My Lord, in Him will I trust. In Him will I trust. He is my refuge and my fortress. The Lord is our shield in every situation. Let's learn to trust in the Lord. This is our fortification. We are not just now. We are not just looking at expectancy of uh, the salvation which is to come, which will uh, then uh, fashion our lives in a certain way. But we are saying that there is a need to trust in God if you be fortified. There is a need to trust in God if you be strong. There is a need to trust in God if you, you if if you 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 are ready. Or you are willing or you are hungry to make sure that the fiery that of the enemy do not affect you. There is a need to trust in God. There is a need to trust in God. We are going for missions, and uh, we know that the, there is a possibility of attacks and everything. But what is what do we do? We trust in God. We trust in God as our refuge and as our protection. Okay, so we uh, if God permits, we'll continue, we'll continue with. Uh, the armor of God, and let's see what God has for us. But in fact, this just came up. I just decided to talk about. Uh, I just wanted to talk about uh, this thing because it's important. I'm planning on posting um, about we taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, when God gives me the go ahead, we will continue. We will continue. Okay, but what I wanted to look at tonight is revival. Revival. I've actually been uh, wanting to speak about this for a time now, and the Lord gave me permission to do so recently. Uh, it's an interesting topic, and all of us are conversant with it, and I'm sure everybody. Here is someone who is hungry for a revival in the body of Christ, but many people don't even know what revival is. Many people don't know what revival is. Many people don't know the aim of revival. Many people have uh, very wrong ideas about revival. Now, <laughs> it is important. Okay, I think let me just what, what is revival? What if I on the group page. Let's see what is revival. So everyone, text, text, fast, fast, fast. Tell me what is revival, please. I'm not seeing anyone typing. Start typing. I don't have time, so I'll have to rush. If you are not speaking, I'll just end it, and then we'll see what to do. So please, revival. What comes to mind when we talk about revival? What do you know about revival? A lot of you, your church, they do. 40 days and 40 nights, they call it revival. Revival, revival, revival. 40 days and 40 nights fasting with Reverend Albert, whatever. And then you go to church and you sweat, sweat, sweat every day. Yes. So you know what revival is. You pray and be crying. Please tell me. Someone says an awakening. Oh, okay, nice. Someone says a renewal. A renewal. Okay. Any, any more, please let me fast. A period of religious interest. I, I like that definition David gave. Said a period of religious interest. 
Wow, wow. Okay, insurance says to make something important again. Afrida says repentance. Wow. Revival is rekindling, rekindling. Okay. To bring something to its true or original state, restoration. To bring to life, restore to consciousness or restore to previous condition. Okay. Revival is realignment to original purpose. Not, not interested. Two more, two more. Charlene and Beverly are typing. So let's let only Charlene and Beverly uh, bring their views. Please be fast. An improvement. Interested. To resuscitate. Okay, you, please. It's okay. <laughs> I'm okay, Bazini, adios. You, you, it looks like you want to adios. So, reconditioning. Okay. Reconditioning. Okay. Okay. I, I like your answers. I like your answers. I think... Uh, Beverly, your answer an improvement. Okay, you, you, let's discuss revival. Let's see whether we'll consider it as an improvement. Let's see if we'll consider it as an improvement. Okay, so when we look at revival, uh, uh, just like, like we did for religion, we looked at the word legal. Uh, sorry, we looked at legal, okay? And the legal and uh, re, it, 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 it's complex. We are having um, the word here, re vivier. Okay, that is Latin and French is revivre, vivre. But let's look at the Latin. So re and vivier. Okay, re r e vivier is v i v e r e. Okay, and when we look at it, you know re means again or repeats. Okay, or back, back. Okay, so re back again repeats, and vivier means life. Okay, so when we are looking at revival in the context of the word, we are looking at bringing back to life. So, the one who said resuscitate, that is true. Someone said rekindle, that is true. Bring back, bring back to life. To rekindle, bring back the fire. To bring back to its original or true state. Okay, that, that, that is also um, a, a constructive statement. Uh, there are issues with it, but it's it's very constructive. Renew, renewal. Okay, renewal means uh, make a new. We can we can allow it in a certain context because we are not necessarily making a new. There is a certain dimension of that also. And uh, David said a, a period of religious interest. This this statement is deep. Where did you find it, David? Please. Where did you find it? Uh, let me know where you got that definition from because it has brought my mind to a lot of things. Because it's true, in every period of revival, we see a heightened religious activities. Okay, we see that religious activities are heightened. Heightened. And remember, we dealt with religion and we came to understand what religion is or a religious activity is. Okay, so, okay, you saw it in from a dictionary hey you guys when i said give me answers you started referring to dictionaries and things okay but thank you very much i, I like that definition also i like that definition so a, a lot of people uh believe that their theological views 
theological schools that believe that uh, we don't need any revival. A revival has already happened. They are true and they are false. Okay. They are true and they are false. Now, when we look at revival, which is bringing back to life, the, sorry, the, the first thing we can consider is the revival that happens when your spirit is regenerated. Okay. So you are brought back to life. Okay. You are brought back to life. You know, when a man, uh, when, 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 Okay, sorry. Those who joined late have thought on two things already. Two things not related to what I'm teaching right now. So whatever you do about that, please do it. Now, I'll say that certain schools of thought or so theological schools that don't believe in the concept of revival and you hear some pastors saying, oh, we don't need revival in this. It is common. Even in Ghana, Ghana, Nigeria, all around, people are saying, oh, we uh, we don't need revival and all those things and it's because they decide to try and uh, see revival in their own way instead of what really revival is as we've seen it is a bringing back to life okay bringing back to life and i said that uh, when we were sinners okay when we were unbelievers we were separated from god as we know okay and by that reason we say were dead our spirits were dead why because it's dead to god it is our death our spiritual death is in reference to god okay so when you turned to christ what happened is that you were given your spirit was given life you received the life of god in your spirit you understand so that is the first point of revival where a man comes to god so everyone has gone through a revival Everyone has gone through a revival. Once you have a regeneration in your spirit. Now write this down. Spirit. Working of the spirit. Write it down. The working of the spirit. Now we know that when we talk about the baptism of regeneration, after the baptism of regeneration or simply regeneration, we are looking at the fact that the Holy Spirit comes to live in a man. That is the initial work of the Holy Spirit. That we come to live in a man and he regenerates the man's spirit. And that is when a person can be called a believer. So you see that the Bible makes us understand in Ephesians chapter 1 that that person has the seal of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So uh, let's continue. So that is the first point of revival. That is the first point of revival. And that's what those schools will say that uh, the revival has already happened. When you came to Christ, that was the revival. There is no other revival that will happen when uh, you are a Christian or whatever. But this is because they deny the fact that there is an issue like you being spiritually dead. Yes, they deny the fact. They say that, oh, you, uh, a Christian cannot be spiritually dead or dormant. Uh, but it, 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 is, it is a lie. It's not true. You can't. You can't. Because death is not, you are not just looking at the fact that the person was away from God. We are looking at a certain spiritual dormancy, inactiveness to the spirit of God. You understand? So now, spiritual death is a possibility. It's a possibility. And people say it's not true. Let me show you something. 
go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. That's what she posts. It's NID, KJV, and they be uh, amplified. Let me fast. Let me fast. Let me fast. Revelation chapter 1. Then was the letter to the churches. It started in Revelation. Okay. And we see the letter to the church of Sardis. Church of Sardis, we see something very interesting. He said that uh, to the angel of the church in Sardis, I'm read, right, um, reading KJV, these things said he that had the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and thou art dead. So it looks like you are living, but you are dead. Let's read, uh, let, let's read what the NIV says. It says that. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. So this church could have been jumping and everything. They could have been, everyone sees them and wow, on fire, on fire. But the truth is, they are dead. The truth is, they are not alive. They are not alive. They are not alive. You understand? Let's see. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Let's look at Amplified. Uh, sorry, message, is it? Amplified, okay. He says that these are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation that you are alive, but in reality, you are dead. Then he says, wake up and strengthen and reaffirm what remains. Okay? Strengthen and reaffirm what remains. Strengthen and reaffirm. That's uh, verse 2. So what does he say? That rebuild rebuild the things that are, are are dead bring them back to life strengthen reaffirm rebuild resuscitate you so this is the concept of revival and the revival that we await as believers we know that there is going to be a great outpouring of the spirit which is going to channel a certain revival a, a, a revival that is going to be mind-blowing even in the days that the, the the antichrist is going to rise up yes yes and this is the reason why we are preparing ourselves we are aligning ourselves that we, we will not we, we will not be bugged out we will not be bugged out as i said this church they we thought they were alive but the bible says they were dead they were dead if it is dead then they must come alive they must be brought back to life in fact let's look at revelation let me show you another perspective of um of revival we can look at revelation chapter two we are looking at the church of ephesus okay revelation chapter two uh south post chapter verse four and five revelation two four and five let's post them revelation two four and five can you post them okay so this is what it says but I have this charge against you. I'm reading Amplified. That you have left your first love. That is, you have lost the depth of your love that you first had for me. So remember. Okay. He says, remember the height from which you have fallen and repent. Remember the height from which you have fallen and repent. Remember the height from which you have fallen and repent. Change your inner self. Your old way, your thinking, your simple behavior, and seek God's will. 
and do the works which you did at first. So when I was saying that, give me definitions. What do you think about revival? I say that go back to your original state. Revive something that is dead. Do you understand? So he said that those works that you used to do, and that height you fell from, there is a need that you return. There is a need that you return. There is a need that you return. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, and your simple behavior. Seek God's will and do the works which you did at first. Seek the works which you did at first. The things which you stop, the things which you've fallen from. You understand? So, when we are looking at the concept of revival, uh, this is the concept of revival. It is very biblical. It is very biblical. So, if you have a hear about this, you don't need a revival. Just, uh, stuff like that. And I, uh, and sometimes you'll see uh, people are preaching about some false revival. And this, this, no, no, no. It's all false. It is not false. A person like that needs a revival in the life. A person like that needs a revival in the life. When the time is that a person will fall from where he's supposed to be standing, that person needs to be revived. That person to be needs to be resuscitated. That person needs to be brought back to that standing. Do you understand? So Revival also deals with a restoration, okay? Restoration. Now, <laughs> revival is not prayer marathon. Or people falling under anointing. A lot of times, I've been seeing these videos around it, where they have chat and they'll say, uh, revival is happening. Like, oh, no, 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 no. It is not just about you doing 40 days faster and then you conclude. Revival is happening, or because people have cried, and, and which most of them are even uh, by emotionalism, not that uh, there is something working on the inside. Most of them are emotionalism and all those things. Then we say revival, revival, revival. We want to see the marks of a revival. What really is revival? What do we expect to see when we discuss the issue? Of revival okay so the first thing i want you to understand is that revival comes by the move of the spirit did you hear that revival comes by the move of the spirit there cannot be revival without the move of the spirit there cannot be revival without the move of the spirit when we began i spoke about how that the first revival a man experiences is the regeneration as it's a regeneration where is he's brought back to life he's made alive with god okay that is the first revival and this is done solely by the spirit of god this is done by the spirit of god you understand so we see what began to happen in the book of acts chapter 2 it was after they received the holy ghost and you see that uh many were revived many began to turn to god and all those things okay so it's revival is a move of the spirit we are looking at the move of the spirit that is what brings revival that's what brings that restoration that we are looking for it to say so it's not necessarily that our church did 40 days and nights revival it's a, revival is not about program okay it's not about program it's not a program title but revival 
is bet in the place of prayer because before you can have the move of the spirit you should have created that environment or that adequate environment that will enable the free flow of the spirit of god you understand so revival is bet in the place of prayer why because prayer brings men under subjection to the dealings of the spirits Prayer brings men under subjection to the dealings of the spirit, and it creates that environment for the move of the spirit of the living God. Okay, so revival is death in a place of prayer. What happened in the book of Acts? The people were praying in the in, in that inner chamber at the upper room. Sorry, they were praying in the upper room. They were praying in the upper room. They were not just sitting down or just sleeping or anything. They were praying in the upper room. And then it gave opportunity for the spirit of the living God to have a free flow, to really do what he wanted to do. And that bet a mighty revival. You understand? That bet a mighty, a very, very mighty revival. Now, I, I want us to look at the book of Acts chapter 19. Okay. We are looking at the book of Acts chapter 19. Uh, uh, let's, wow. Okay. Let's all go to Acts chapter 19. Now, before I uh, we start reading Acts chapter 19, please, someone should post Acts chapter 19. Post the whole thing. I don't want my audio to cut again. Okay, so just one person. Post the NIV. Okay, Acts chapter 19. Now, before I go there, I want to make known to you something. You will come to realize that um, in that land, okay, in, in the land where Paul found himself, which is Ephesus, okay? You you see that there was a great revival in Ephesus, okay? And one thing you realize is that the revival starts from the point where, okay, verse 19, let's read. While Apollos was at Corinth, he says that Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, okay? And he says that there, he found some of the disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And they answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Okay. And we've discussed that the, um, the move of God, okay, or revival is birthed by the move of the Spirit. Okay. So first there must be a confirmation in a certain land that people have the Spirit. Now, listen, revived men, will revive men okay revived men will revive men change men will change men so what god is going to do is that if he wants to do something mighty in a certain vicinity he is going to pick one man and he's going to make sure he works on that man now that man's job as a priest is to bring every other person he comes into contact to that pedestal of dealing that pedestal of encounter that he has had with God. So what happens here is that I have had a certain experience in God or with God, and by me teaching you, by me tutoring you, by me discipling you, I am the intent is that I will usher you into that experience. You understand? I will usher you into a similar experience and even greater. Okay. So there needs to be the move of the Holy Spirit. Okay. There needs to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And how do we know that um, 
someone has the Holy Spirit because it is only a person filled with the Holy Spirit that can usher in revival or people filled with the Holy Spirit that will usher in revival. So, they said they did have the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, what baptism did we receive? And they said, John's baptism. Then, Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Then he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus Christ. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Then, when Paul placed his hand on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Okay, so Paul baptized them. Then he placed his hands on them. He, he was they were water baptized in the name of the Lord. Then he placed his hand on them, and what happened? The Spirit came on them. Then they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Okay. There were about 12 men. So that is where revival at Ephesus started. That certain men received the Holy Ghost. So it had to start from a certain point. Okay. Now, I want to make something clear. Someone having the Holy Ghost. Okay. The speaking of tongues is an initial evidence. It doesn't mean it is the only evidence. Okay. A lot of people have received the Holy Spirit, but... Uh, they don't believe they've received the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they didn't speak in tongues. But some of them have genuinely received the Holy Spirit. There are other people who, it is because of the idea they have about tongues or the disbelief in the gift of tongues. That's why they don't receive it. But they've actually been baptized with the Holy Ghost. But they will not speak in tongues because they don't believe it. They've not been properly educated on the issue of tongues. Okay. So you should note that even though tongues is an initial evidence or is an evidence, okay, it is also a gift. You can decide to take it or not. God will give you the gift. You can decide to take it or not. That depends on you. Moreover, it is not everyone who receives that gift because gifts of the Holy Spirit are to be desired. We are supposed to convert gifts, as we see in Romans chapter, uh, in First Corinthians chapter 12. He says that we should convert gifts. We should convert gifts. We should earnestly desire those gifts. We should hunger for those gifts. You understand? If a man does not hunger for such gifts, the person will not receive it. And the fact that someone didn't receive tongues doesn't mean the person hasn't been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we have the, uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay. When we look at the indwelling, we are looking at what happens in uh, in regeneration, that the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. The fact that the Holy Spirit has come to live in you doesn't mean you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's a different thing too. Okay. So every believer has the Holy Ghost living in him. There's no, you can't be a Christian without the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost that comes to regenerate us. And I told you that is the first point of revival. Okay. The Holy Spirit comes to me. You know that Jesus breathed on his disciples and he said to receive ye the Spirit. Okay, so they had the Spirit of the Lord and before before they came to that day of Pentecost, before they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they already had the Holy Spirit before they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You understand? They already had the Holy Spirit before they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had the Spirit of God before they had the baptism. But they had him as a seal because Jesus breathed onto them and said, Receive ye the Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. 
Do you understand? And that should tell you that even before Jesus died, people were saved. Yes. It is, you see, <laughs> these things are very deep. If you enter the realm of the spirit, okay, if we are going to operate from eternity, the things in the future, we can function in them even now. The things of the future, we can function. That is how someone like Enoch could be raptured. Yes. Enoch was so aligned with the spirit and so spiritual that he, he, could, he could walk into rapture. He could walk into rapture. Yes. That is why the Bible speaks about the Israelites. It says that, didn't you know that the rock, that's rock where they drank from, that spiritual rock where they drank from, that followed them everywhere. That rock was Jesus. Those people. So if someone tells you, oh, those people who uh, were, didn't come to meet Jesus, God God made provision for all those people. Those people met Jesus as a spiritual rock. Moses met Jesus. I told you that all those patriots of faith and whatever, they had the revelation of Jesus. And they only needed to believe. So it says that they were the Israelites were destroyed. Why? Because they didn't believe. There was a rock that followed them. That rock was Jesus. They all had the revelation of Jesus. They all had the revelation of Jesus. Do you understand? So, uh, my men are really without an excuse. There's a lot we can look into to have understanding to this, but we are not dealing with that now. Okay. So, even before Jesus was crucified, the disciples had received, uh, they are tapped into that economy of salvation. Now, on the day of Pentecost, what happened is that the Holy Ghost came. And now, when we look at baptism of the Holy Ghost, I've explained it to you before. Uh, we are talking about the infilling to the overflowing of the power and presence of God. And what is the use of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? It says, and ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. So, to know that someone is baptized with the Holy Ghost, the initial evidence is power to be witnesses, not tongues. He never said, and ye shall speak in tongues after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He said, and ye shall receive power. What? To be witnesses. To be witnesses. That means a person must be able to represent the whole council of God. So, the evidence we should have looked at or the thing that should have been our focus about that issue of Pentecost wasn't the fact that, uh, wasn't just the fact that they spoke in tongues, but what happened? Men and brethren, Peter got up and, was, and, and, and began to witness the poor. He began to preach to the people. The Peter who was afraid because of a little girl, all of a sudden, a crowd, 3,000 people, he begins to speak to them. So those are the things we should look for. Now, when you read First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, in fact, let's all go to First Corinthians chapter 12. I want to show you something so that you don't think, uh, you don't say, hey, what, what is he teaching us today? What is he teaching us today? That uh, tongues, whatever. Oh, Jesus. Now, I'm reading verse 30. He says, have all gifts of healing. Do all speak speak in tongues do all interpret that means not everyone speaks in tongues he's asking do all do that even in the corinthian church which was was badly lavished with gifts he says do all speak in tongues not all of them spoke in tongues you understand so um, don't force someone to speak in tongues to think oh now the person speaks in tongues now it's now the person has been baptized 
even though it's an initial evidence and when you go to the field we are looking for that initial evidence okay but as i said it's a gift that should be earnestly designed the bible says forbid not the speaking of tongues so never forbid it but what the intention of the holy spirit is is not for tongues i've told you that tongues is to bring us into conformity to the image of the son and that is what being a witness is so it is only a tool it is only a tool it's an equipment to uh to to be able to walk into that experience that god wants us to walk into which is being witnesses being witnesses okay so we see in the book of acts chapter 19 say that um he 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 laid hands on them and they received the baptism of the holy ghost and that is the point that is what starts the revival that is the point where we can say a revival has begun in ephesus okay so the issue of revival even by the spirit is to bring men to subjection to the dinners you know when we talk about revival the first thing that comes to people's mind is how they'll be doing miracles how they'll be doing this lay hands on walls and everyone will get healed and that is what excites us let me tell you revival the point of revival is not for you to be happily doing miracles and showing uh, power and this, this, this because that is your mind that is not it that that is not it at all that is not it at all revival says that bring back to life resuscitate bring back to life break restore to standing do you understand that that is the big focus of revival so when we look at revival the true size of revival is repentance repentance one and from repentance we want to see that men come to conformity to the image of jesus christ now listen i told you something revival comes by the move of the spirit okay Oh, would you put this? Sorry, eh? some people are making noise outside my window. So I said revival is it it comes by the move of the spirit. And if you've been following me for a long time, I've been attentively listening to what we teach here. You come to understand that there is nothing God is going to do. Okay, that is for self for like for for you to it, it's for something that is self-seeking or to uh to 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 massage your mundane pleasures no whatever move of god or move of the spirit we find is to make sure that god's eternal purposes are established and what is god's eternal purpose for you that you'll be adopted into divinity what is God's eternal purpose for you that you will be made into conformity to the image of His Son Jesus Christ, as we see in Romans chapter eight? You understand? God wants to usher you to divinity. He wants to adopt you into divinity. He wants to make you a partaker of this divine nature. He wants. He, he 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 wants to make you be a perfect representation, a perfect witness of His Son. So every move of the Holy Spirit is aimed at birthing witnesses write it down every move of the holy spirit is aimed at birthing witnesses birthing witnesses even the holy spirit himself came as a witness to this uh, to jesus christ 
So the, 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 the aim of the Holy Spirit is to bear witnesses, apart from being a seal of our redemption. Okay? So if you are looking at uh, revival and the size you are looking at is just about miracles and all those things, you are wrong. When we find a place and we see miracles and all those things and the people are still living in sin, revival has not taken place. Revival has not taken place. Don't, don't deceive yourself. And revival is about singing songs and crying, crying, and then you say, wow, the revival of the Lord and the move of the Spirit is mighty in this land. No, 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 no. If there is revival and men are not brought to a point of repentance, there has not been revival. That is a false 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 revival. Revival is aimed at bringing men to repentance and is subjecting to the government of God. That is making true witnesses. Indeed, we want to see gifts and manifestation of the power of God, but that cannot be our focus. If it is not transforming men, God is seeking to transform men, not just to make people happy that, wow, today someone, I opened someone's ear and all those things. So, after these men are baptized in the Holy Ghost, we see in verse 8, it says, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, okay, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God, okay, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Now, one thing, uh, I've, I've spoken about what revival is a what stands up revival, okay? I've told you revival is set up uh, by the move of the Spirit, and this is allowed or is ushered by prayer, by prayer. It is ushered by prayer, okay? And I've spoken about the goal of revival, which is to make men to conformity, okay? Now, I want to look at what, what impedes revival. What is the problem with revival and what sustains revival because you see that there are so many times we hear about the Azusa Street revival, we hear about this revival, even in Ghana here there was a time that fire fell from the sky, that is what burnt the Pentecostal church in Ghana yes, the people were praying at a place and fire came down from the sky like how Elijah uh, called out fire, yes, fire came down but why is it the revival never lasts we don't see a, a few months and people will return. And when they go back, they are worse off, worse, worse than before. They are worse than before. The, the, the lands get worse than before. Uh, you think America, America has experienced some of the greatest revivals. Some of the greatest revivals. But now they are one of the worst countries in the world. As in, in moral standards, in spirituality and all that. But if, if, They've experienced some of the greatest revivals. So, so what possibly could be the problem? What, what, what could possibly be the problem? What could possibly be the problem? Why is it that we say revival, revival, and it, it, is, it, it dies within two months. It dies within three months. Six months, it's dead. Six months, it's dead. It is because we are looking at wrong pointers. As I said earlier, 
we are looking at miracles and this. We are looking at rock pointers. Let's look at what Paul does after we had the first 12 people, uh, the, 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 the first people, 12 men baptized in the Holy Ghost. He says, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom. But some of them became obstinate and refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had daily discussions in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. So Paul didn't just say, wow, uh, mighty things are beginning to happen here. People are speaking in tongues and all that. But what he did was to set people aside to disciple them. So most of the revivals we've seen, the reason why it fell apart is that their men were not disciples. They, they, they could have men to pray, pray, pray. After that generation, they didn't raise up any people to continue. They didn't raise up any people to continue with what God is doing. They didn't disciple people. Uh, someone wants to be called the father of revival. Do you know, this is one of the saddest things that's happening today. Everyone wants to be the reason for the revival. What, they want it to be said of them that revival started from this group or this church or this. This is where the revival is from. No, no, no. That, that, is, not, that is not what revival is about. What it is like in everything, someone wants to find his way to put himself at the top of it. That is not Christianity. That is not Christianity. This is why revival appeal because we want it to be centered around a man. Revival is not centered around a man. It is the move of the spirit, and the spirit moves such that wherever he wants to go, he goes. He moves like the wind. He says that the wherever the wind listed, it goes. Such is the spirits of God. However he wants to function, he will function. But everyone wants to make it about me. Yes, we are the revival. We bend the nation. We do this. We do this. It's funny. God will help us. God will help us. That we, we will not fall for such errors. We will not fall for such errors. But again, I said, revival starts from revived men. If we are believing God for a great revival in the coming times, that means you as an individual must be ready for the revival. So I said, Paul sets people aside. And what does Paul do? He disciples them. He disciples them. Because if we want to understand the move of the Spirit, if we want to understand and sustain that move of the Spirit, what we have to do is that we have to understand the move of the word okay we have to understand the move of the word so right now understanding and sustaining the move of the spirit is by understanding the move of the word understanding and sustaining the move of the spirit is by understanding the move of the way that is why you cannot have a sustainable revival without building men unto God because that is the whole focus. If we do all the miracles and we don't have people who are discipled in the way of the Lord and who can serve as the point of continuity, what is the essence of it? If you had the revival and everyone after three months goes back to their life, and you know, because they've seen the power of God and tasted it before. They even go way deeper into sin. 
because after all, I've said it all. What else is there to offer? What else is there to offer? So Paul was discipling them. And he says that this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Then it was because there was a move of the word of the Lord, we see something interesting. Now, it didn't just start at that time speaking that we had miracles and all those things, but he had to deal with the basics, which was what? The word. Then verse 11, he says that God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even had kitchens and aprons and uh, aprons that attached him were taken to the sick, and the illness were cured, and the evil spirits left them. You understand? So all this were based on the fact that there was a move of the spirit and a move of the word, and we begin to see a move of power. Do you understand? There was the move of the spirit, there was the move of the word, and then we see extraordinary miracles and all those things. But remember, this was not the basis. This was just a product. This was just a product of revival. Do you understand? This was just a product. So if we want to make this the main thing and leave the people from being discipled in the way of the Lord, we will, we, we, we will bet on stable believers. We will bet people who, who are malnourished. Malnourished. After there is there is no show of power, they'll, they'll say, okay, well, is that all? Then we can go back to our ways. We can go back to our ways. You understand me? So we 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 see very 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 interesting things. Now let's look at the end point of the revival. After all these things were happening, after the move of the spirit, the miracles, and all, verse seventeen, it it, it was so intense that verse thirteen, some Jews, okay, who went around driving out spirit spirits. So write this down. Revival communicates the authority of God. It communicates the authority of God in the land. One thing that we want to see during revival is that the authority of God, not just, we, we've talked about how that there must be an abundance of the word of God and discipleship. One thing, we've looked at how there are miracles and all, but we want to see that the authority of God is made distinct and relegated to the people. Okay, the authority of God is, 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 is conspicuous. It's conspicuous. You know, when, when a true revival happens, okay, you begin to see that these are not the men of God. These are men of God. You begin to see that, no, this, this, is, this is the spirit of divination. This is the spirit of divination. This. And so some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, trying to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who are uh, possessed, okay? They will say in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva. So they went about driving out spirits, okay? They, they actually were driving out spirits. They, they were actually doing it. And one day they went to meet a, a boss spirit. And then that spirit answered them, Jesus I know, Paul I know. How about you? Who, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? So 
in the height of revival the things that were happening one thing was established authority we get to know those who have authority and those who do not have that authority he says paul i know yeah jesus i know paul i know who are you and the spirit jumped on them and lashed them very well they ran away naked okay and verse 17 says when this became known to the jews and the greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear and the name of the Lord was added, uh, high, high added. So revival is not to point to men; it is to bring glory to God. Write it down. Revival is not to glorify a man, but healing some group of people. That is not revival. That that, that is not true revival. It is perverted. At the end of it, all, what we want to see is that glory is being given to God reverence is given to god you 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 see the fear of the lord and when we know that once there is the fear of the lord you will see consecration and purity when we say revival when we don't find the fear of the lord brooding morality purity and uh people living walking in righteousness no 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 tell yourself that is a lie this is not a move of the spirit this is not the revival this is not a revival no people are doing so many miracles and this and we still see the people living anyhow no what happens is that during the revival we are going to see that there is going to be the fear of the lord and the name of the lord will be held in high honor high honor the bible says many who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done now this is the the culmination of everything the people believe came and openly confessed what they had done. The people who practiced sorcery, they brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. And when they calculated the, the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In fact, I have to check how much 50,000 drachmas is. So let me check on the internet right now. I want to know what amount that is. 50,000 trash mass. Wow. The trash mass is pieces of silver. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much a piece of silver is. Let me let me just confirm let me see an estimate so that we know that at the end of it all this, this is the amount of scrolls that were destroyed okay we'll not be able to find the exact figure but fifty thousand pieces of silver that is much money jesus said how much silver was he sold for uh, is it 30 30 Two or thirty-six. I've I've forgotten the exact number. Some smaller pieces of silver. This is fifty thousand. Uh, okay, Charlie, four million dollars, right? So just scrolls and all those things. If you liquidate it, four million dollars. Four million dollars. If you bring it to Ghana cities, your jaw will break. Okay, worth of sorcery scrolls. of sorcery school this is a back of a true revival this is a back of true revival 
this is the back of true revival. The, the, the people forsake all those things. They, 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 they were ready to surrender their life. They were ready to surrender their gods, their scrolls, and everything because they had encountered Jesus. So the combination of revival is that it will bring brute great repentance. And the Bible says, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. The word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. That is, it prevailed. It prevailed. It colonized places. Why? Because there was a move of the Spirit, and disciples were made unto God. There was a move of the Spirit. Disciples were made unto God. Men were rooted in the word of God. There were miracles and all that. We find that authority was established. The authority of the church was established. And we see that men came to repentance. Men decided to live in subjection to the word of God, to the government of God. You cannot talk about revival without looking at the issue of repentance. If, if, if. What type of revival do you have? And the people keep living in sin. That is not a revival. No. It, it is not revival. It's not revival at all. It's, it's not revival. It's not revival. The true mark of revival, the end point of revival, is that there will be repentance. Men will decide to leave. The, the people didn't say repent with their mouth. They didn't read their garments. They read their hearts. And when they read their hearts, the result of their renting their hearts was that they brought their idols. They brought everything. They surrendered. They openly confessed. They openly made confessions and everything. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, stop. Don't let your focus be on miracles and things. They are all part of what God wants to do. But when revival comes to your mind, stop thinking. Uh, <laughs> First, think about me, me as an individual. Am I revived? And am I ready for revival? Think that first. Anytime someone talks about revival, you should look at yourself and say, Yay, yay, am I alive? Am I alive? If you are not alive, you have to shake yourself and tell yourself to come alive. You have to tell yourself to come alive. You have to tell yourself to come alive. He says that I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, but thou art dead. How many of you are dead here tonight? I know <laughs> just a few, just a few. But how many of you are dead here tonight? He says that I know thy works, that thou hast a name. People see you from the outside and say, oh, good girl. Your parents look at you. Good girl. Good guy. Oh, this guy is on fire. This, the, the fire of the Lord is burning in this place and all that. But God is telling you today that wake up. Wake up. Strengthen and reaffirm the things that remain. Wake up. Strengthen and reaffirm the things that remain. Which are about to die. The things which are about to die. 
He says, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. Or meeting his requirement. In fact, I want uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 2 in KJV. That was she posted. KJV and NIV posted fast, fast, fast. Revelation chapter 2. Did I say chapter 2? Chapter 3, verse 2. Okay. So it says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. I have not found thy works perfect before God. That means if there should be a revival, what will happen is that, that those works, they, they will be perfected. Those works. So, right is our revival, ashes and perfection of works. Paul says, I want to make sure I present you blameless. Blameless in that day of the Lord. Make sure you are not blamed in the day of the Lord. Strengthen the things which remain. Go back, go back, go back. The things you had to do or the things you used to do, that relationship you had with the Lord. That father was ignited. That work with the Lord. Go back. Go back. Re- get revived. Get revived. Make sure you are revived. Subscribe to the Holy Spirit. In such a time like this, if you are planning on ever being a part of the great revival that God is working or that will come in the times to come, make sure you are prepared towards it and you yourself, you are alive. Let's pray the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. We are telling God, God, whatever part of my life, or whatever thing that is is with me, that is dead, Lord, bring to life. Lord, bring to life. Lord, bring to life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bring to life. Lord, bring to life. I know that people are looking at me and saying, ah, this guy is on fire, but I know how cold I am within. Lord, bring to life. Lord, bring to life. Lord, bring to life. Lord, bring to life. Kabalopra azigra hiba saivias, kibar ubres, sibre uvadas, shedela gabaligada, de gavala baligabas, shegre givaligra yetogobos, kiviga vespia, fezugobos, kibalegre gedebas. If you are going to change your world, you yourself must be changed. You, you must have gone through a certain dealing with God which is going to be communicated to the world. You must be changed. You are saying, Lord, bring a restoration. Lord, bring a restoration. Lord, I have a reputation of being alive, but I know, I sure know I'm dead. Lord, help me and I'll strengthen the things which remain. Help me bring back to life, oh God. 
Palogo sabibala, figabi ayatos, perago boloshas, fai pali beo sologoba, virago gabilas, frede de balubre ivelocos, figevila kaiki, tregi balos, sevalago viswa, pedagia veia colia de me, su gravida cabe, pai palida cusebra uvalekem, shotali basuaka. E fabi soroko barikle piko sai piko walakas. Te kadabasa kebanosa. Help me strengthen the things which remain, O God. Zaza bebe dokozaba. Revive me, O God, that I may rejoice in you, O baligi bedakabas. Sebebe zegebedu fragazige dikabaya. Lepedusha. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are grateful. We thank you for your spirit, your spirit which quickens us. We thank you for the restoration. Thank you for the word which has come to us, just life unto us. We thank you that as we begin this journey, Lord, we will be revived will be revived. Let everything that is dead in us come to life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God richly bless you guys. So um let us let you take us to some 30 minutes of prayer. We are praying into missions and then um, we have Papa. Okay, Papa Martin. Papa, you take us through souls of Okay, so please, uh, Philip, had stop the recording and let that you take us through prayers. We are praying for the missions that we are having. Okay, so God richly bless you guys. I love you so much. And you have an excellent night. Let that peace take over. Please let's unmute our mics and begin to speak in the language of the spirit. Please let's unmute our mics and begin to speak in the language of the spirit. Please let's unmute our mics and begin to speak in the language of the spirit. 